don't take no mess at the rose garden. Jesus, they're on fire. They're what we desire. The men in black can handle it. Other teams can scrabble it. How they win that game today. There's just one thing you can say. How does Scotty shoot that three? Believe it, it ain't easy. Speaking of fresh starts, what have your impressions been of Nurkic so far? Yeah, so I'm I'm encouraged by what I've seen. I still think come playoff time, the defensive end is going to remain a question mark. I think if anyone is able to kind of get this version of Nurkic to lock in defensively and just do what he's asking him to do, it's Frank Vogel. Um, so I like the fit in that regard. I do think like in last night's preseason game, the passing and ability to play make out of the short roll or just keep the ball moving is something that makes him an upgrade for this roster compared to Aiton, just in that respect. Like, um, you know, we saw them running, you know, some backdoor cuts when he got the ball at the elbows. We saw him making some plays out of the short pocket when he caught that one pass, you know, fake to a cutting Nasir Little and hit KD on the wing for three. Like that's the kind of stuff that Aiton didn't do. Like he just was that was not in his skill set to do those things. Um, defensively, I, you know, the, I've I've never been a big drop coverage guy, and that's what you're going to have to do with Nurk a lot of the time, just because of the foot speed. Um, but when the last two games they've had him play up to the level of the screen a little bit more, and they've had the other three guys kind of early rotating to try and you know cover for him to get back, but also generate steals. They weren't good at that at all in the first quarter last night. You saw Portland go off for 40 points, and they missed a lot of those kind of reads um, that, you know, helped the Blazers get easy baskets. But I think it's a work in progress because they have, what, like 11 or 12 new guys on the roster. So they've Both you know, these teams are pretty much like – Yeah. I saw, some, I saw something that the only player left on the team from the team that made the finals in 21 is Book. Yeah. It's crazy. That is wild. <laughs> like, yeah, and, and the only guys back from last year are KD, who played like all of 19 games, yeah. Josh Okogie, Damian Lee, and Ish Wainwright, who might not make the roster. So it's it's basically all new guys, all new coaching staff, um, learning a new defensive system. So it's going to take time. But I've been encouraged by what I've seen when he's up to the level of the screen. There are breakdowns. Like there was one where I can't remember if it was Scoot or Simons that just kind of you know, rounded the corner on him, got an easy layup, and he, like, immediately put his hand up because he knew. Yeah. Um, but Nurk, Nurk is also – he's just an awesome dude to talk to. Um, like, he he does not hold back in terms of what he's thinking. It was, no. No, he doesn't. It was, like, I don't know if you saw, but his clip from Media Day that went viral in terms of uh, someone oh, was the, asking – stuff, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like, saw that. That was – yeah. Nurk, yeah. Is, Nurk is a good dude. Nurk is very – is. Nurk is very misunderstood, I think, in a lot of ways. And I will say, some of the stuff that you were talking about earlier with Aiton, where sometimes like he would get moody if he wasn't getting the ball enough, or mm-hmm. you know he felt like he wasn't being used correctly. Get ready, because you're going to yeah. see some of that stuff with Nurkic at, at various points. Maybe it'll be a little bit less, if, you know, since I he might realize that he's playing with Kevin Durant and Bradley Beal and Devin Booker, so he's probably not going to mm-hmm. get a ton of shots. Whereas... A lot of the time in Portland, it was like, obviously, Dane was the number one guy, but, like, I think he felt at times like he should be the the number two guy. Uh, I will say, I went to shoot around yesterday for the Suns to see him, and mm-hmm. as
as he sat down, first of all, this is I th- I, this is probably like a clear like he probably saw the clip of Aiton from the other day at practice. But he sits yeah. down, and before we like turn the cameras on, he goes, "You guys can ask me about my former team if you want." <laughs> like, he was just like, and he had like he had like he was talking like he. I'm sure you saw the the stuff that he said at shoot around. He had nothing but good things to say about his time in Portland. And by the way, he mentioned that the Blazers front office was very transparent and upfront with him and worked with him on finding a trade, which now that's two, you know, him and Drew Holiday is two players that has said that about the Portland front office. So I just felt like with some of the rhetoric that's coming out of Miami, I just felt like that was right. like, <laughs> I felt like, and some of the, Oh, Scoot is going to watch how they treat like all like, yeah. I just, I just thought that was worth noting, but anyway, yeah, Nurk, Nurk is a great dude, but yeah, Nurk is very like, hard on his sleeve and like if he's in a bad mood you'll you'll know about it and he he's also somebody i think he needs to spend less time on social media he's he's very active on he's on instagram there and twitter like, yeah he's, he's on there he's always like and, and, and a lot of it is just trolling which is fine but like he he right. uh but he uh like i i wrote a column like two days after dame requested a trade i wrote it and, and dirk doesn't even follow me obviously like he and i know each other because i've covered him for a long time but like he doesn't actually like follow me on Twitter, so he must have just like seen it somehow. But like, I wrote a column like two days after Dame requested a trade about yeah. how you know Joe Cronin needs to take his time and make the best deal he can make, and not just send him to Miami because he wants to go there. And Nurk, like, I, somehow he saw my tweet of my story that I wrote, and he quote tweeted it with like the crying laughing emojis, and yeah. then, like my mentions, which is fine. Yeah. I mean, that's fine. I mean, Nurk, Nurk and I have never had an issue with each other. He, you know, he and I always got yeah. along fine, but. Uh, he he is he is very online, but he's a he's a funny dude. He has a good sense of humor. Like he was he was telling us yesterday that he uh, was telling Dame after the trade that he's going to send all of his winter coats and stuff to Dame because he's going to need them in Milwaukee more than he's going to need them in Phoenix. And yeah. we were and I, and then I was like, wait, you're seven feet tall and Dame is six three. Like, can Dame even wear your coats? And Nurk was like, he can cut them, he can get them like altered. <laughs> and so Nurk is a great Nurk. Yeah, Nurk. Nurk I like Nurk a lot as a guy, obviously, as a, as a player, you know, he has his issues, and I think the Suns are going to run into some of those. It's a lot of the same stuff that you were talking about with DA, where, like, the talent is there, it's just a matter of, like, is he going to be motivated and locked in night to night if he's not getting the touches that he wants, or he's not able to do enough of what he wants? What about Nas? What have you thought about him so far? Nas has kind of been, we haven't been able to see much of him. He hasn't, like, kind of jumped out at us in preseason when he's been on the court um he's a great dude like we love talking to him at media day i thought yeah i thought i knew knew him very very well he was probably the guy on the team that i knew the best yeah like he he's he's been great to us when we've been able to talk to him um he had a a a really good i thought intel he's just an intelligent guy you can tell in -hmm. terms of how he answers questions um so i had asked him kind of what he wanted to prove and improve here in phoenix and he was mentioning i feel like a lot of the little things that i do you know, that I did on a team like Portland, those will be magnified here on a team like this that's, you know, competing for a championship. And obviously so far we're only two weeks in, so it hasn't shown much yet. I do want to see more from him and from KBD. Those are two of the, you know, defensive-minded wings that we haven't really been impressed by yet on the court. Um, but, you know, he's he's still young. He has time, new coach, new system for the first time in his career. So it's going to take an adjustment, especially with all these other guys that are from, you know, various spots. There's no, there's no continuity to build off of outside of book and KD here. So it's going to take some time. Um, but no, he's, he's been great to us when we've been able to talk to him. 
And so I'm, I'm hoping he will be able to crack the rotation. So we'll get to hear from him a lot more this year. He just has a really level-headed approach to stuff. Last year, he signed yeah. that seven, that four-year, $28 million extension, which is a way lower number than usually a guy signs for his rookie-scale deal. Mm-hmm. And we were asking him about it and why he didn't you know, wait for restricted free agency to try to bet on himself. And he was just like, $28 million is more money than I've ever seen in my life. I'm just <laughs> going to take that when it's on the table for me. And it's like, right. okay, there you go. Like, like by <laughs> NBA player standards, that's not a ton of money. But like by regular people standards, that's you know, that's more money than most people have ever seen. And he was just like, I'm just going to, I'm not going to overthink it. I'm just going to take this money and lock it in. And he's just, he's just, yeah, he's just a really smart dude. He's a really thoughtful dude. He's, he's, he's always, at least last year, he was one of the guys, I think the reason I got to know him as well as I did was because he's one of the guys that's always just in the locker room, hanging out when we're allowed in there. Like the more veteran guys, I think they know that like, when we're yeah. the, the 30 minute window that we're allowed in there, like they kind yeah. of like try to duck out. Like you're never going to, I'm sure you're never going to see like Devin Booker hanging out in the locker room pregame because he knows right. that like he can just avoid us. But Nas yeah. is always just in there and he's happy to like, we were talking one time, like I was like, like he had just bought a house, like right after he got his contract extension, like he went, he, he was renting until he got his money. And then once he got his money, he bought a house and he was mm-hmm. like, we, me and one of the radio guys here were talking to him and he was talking about just like, how expensive it is to buy furniture for your house. And, and, and it was just like, wow, like we may have different budgets for this stuff, but like, he's like one of those guys, like he'll, he's just a regular dude and he can just talk to you about all. Right. It, it's funny. Stuff, it's funny. You mentioned the level headed approach because the first couple of questions when we were asking about his reaction to the trade and mm-hmm. you know what he thought about it, he gave very bluntly like his initial reaction in terms of, well, I was trying to find out who was going with me and where Dame was going and where everybody was going. Mm-hmm. And then we were like, okay, but then once you figure that out, like what was your reaction to coming to Phoenix? And, and he started talking about the trade, kind of like evaluating it. Like one of us would, he was like, well, I think obviously Milwaukee gets Dame. And then I think Phoenix gets, you know, uh, a passing big and, and some solid depth with me and Grayson. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> then he's like, that sounds like gets God, young. Yeah. yeah. He was like just evaluating it. Like he wasn't a player whose life was involved or impacted by the trade. <laughs> it was, it was kind of funny the way he, he kind of just viewed it and took it from that lens. Well, the issue with him has always just been, can he stay healthy? Yeah. That's, that's been the, like when he is healthy, there is no reason he isn't going to be a rotation player, especially on a team like Phoenix where they're like their roster is so top heavy where you've got the three guys on the max deals and everybody else is basically a vet min guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is going to yeah. be a, like, if he can stay healthy, but the thing about him with his health is that it's all been stuff that's unrelated to each other. It's not like mm-hmm. he has an, a knee that he keeps injuring or he has an ankle that like keeps being a thing. Like, his his uh set going into his second year, which was the year that start was like it was so his first year was the uh the season that got shut down because of COVID, mm-hmm. and then he didn't play in the bubble because he got a concussion the first day of training camp in the bubble, so he didn't play in the bubble, and then going into training camp the next year he got COVID right at the beginning of training camp, and this was like right before the vaccine was out, so he like got it really bad, and it actually like yeah. he lost like twenty pounds because he was like sw- like Jason Quick at the Athletic had a really good story at the time where he you know Nas like talked through his whole like 
how badly COVID, you know, affected him. And it basically took him half the season to get back into playing shape because he was just so destroyed oh, by wow. COVID. And then yeah. after that, like the next season, he had like a dislocated shoulder and he had to have surgery on it. And then mm-hmm. last year he had like a hip fracture and then he had an ankle. So it's all stuff that's unrelated to each other. It's just, he keeps getting unlucky with this stuff and isn't able to stay on the floor for that long of a time. But if he can stay healthy, I think mm-hmm. he will be able to be a valuable contributor for the Suns. What are your impressioned uh, over the summer you had he never ended up playing a game for the suns but uh the other guy in the trade is tumani kamara who i have found out i have found out over the last couple of weeks that that is a very sore spot for suns fans because (laughs) i i was last week i was down in training camp for uh in santa barbara and Mm -hmm. just talking to folks in the organization like Co- like assistant coaches and like folks in the front office and just asking of them because we don't get to watch practice so I've had to like ask folks like you know who looks good or you know like who's impressing mm-hmm. in camp and several people like three or four different people in the organization told me Tamani Kamara's had a really really good camp he's been really impressive he has a real shot to earn minutes mm-hmm. and so I tweeted something to the effect of just like I've heard that Tumani Kamara has had a really good camp a pretty basic <laughs> tweet like that <laughs> And all of the replies and the quotes were Suns fans who were just furious at James Jones for including him in the deal because he, I, I didn't see any of the Suns summer league games. And I guess he had a really good summer league, but I did not realize how much of a, of a sore spot and like an issue that was for, you know, Suns people online. Yeah. I mean, well, part of it, Suns Twitter will take these things and run with them as like sure. a bit. I will say that, but like Tumani did make a very positive impression in a short amount of time. Um, he only played a handful of summer league games, but he looked really good when he was out there. Um, aggressive, had more of a polished offensive game and kind of attacking the basket, pulling up near the basket before getting into the trees than a lot of us were expecting. And then defensively, we kind of knew he would be good in that respect because you know he's long, he's got good defensive instincts, he's a very good athlete. I think he's going to catch some people uh, on some unfavorable posters this year in that regard because he can get up but um i was very impressed with what i saw it sounded like the coaching staff liked him too um but when you're talking about like a multi-piece trade like this Mm -hmm. the suns had very limited options in terms of guys they could include in a trade because most of their roster had just been signed in free agency over the summer in terms of those like lower vet minimum salary type guys um so I think Tumani was just kind of a casualty in that. But I, I thought he had a, a decent chance to earn minutes here. It would have been tougher, I think, here than maybe in a place like Portland just because of you know, the experience level needed for a you know a playoff run or whatever. But, um, yeah, everybody that I had talked to about Tumani was saying the same thing, that he's been impressive and has a shot at minutes. So I'm, I'm happy that's the case in Portland. Cause when he got traded, I was like, Oh man, I hope that they know that he's actually like good. He's not just like another, you know, 52nd pick in the draft. Well, they did, they did bring him in for a workout before the draft. So, Oh, that's he, right. They did. He, they yeah. did. They did. We didn't get to talk to him and he wasn't really on my radar at all, but I, after the trade, I went back and looked at, like, I have a whole list of, like, everybody that they brought in for a workout. Because a lot of, like, they brought in, up, like, up at the top, they only brought in, like, Scoot and Brandon Miller and the Twins. But, like, right. since they had, they had the third pick, the 23rd pick, and the 43rd pick in the draft. So yeah. they were bringing in guys kind of from all over the board. And plus, they just have a G League team for the first time this year, which I believe the Suns are getting next year. 
and right. so they have like a whole G League roster they had to fill out. So they were bringing a ton of people in for workouts. And so I, after the trade, I went back and looked at the list of everybody that they brought in for workouts during the pre-draft process and they did work him out so he has been on their radar and he also just all the stuff that you're saying about like oh you know he's a good athlete he's smart he plays defense i'm just like yep this is this is this all checks the boxes of like the mike schmidt's you know regime of of like blazers draft right. scouting this is all this that sounds like exactly like the type of guys that they've liked and that they that they've brought in so i think they probably did actually want him in the deal as much as it was just like he had to make that they had to make the salary work yeah, he's. I mean, I know every fan base probably says this about their second round draft pick in terms of, oh, we steal. got a good one. This is going to be a steal. Here it comes. <laughs> but I, I like legitimately when I started, you know, looking into his game a little bit more and watching him at summer league. I, I legitimately felt like he could be a guy that maybe not like a steal of the draft, but he could be a guy that second round pick comes in and plays a role in an NBA rotation, which is kind of all you can hope for at that spot realistically so I, I i like him in portland and i hope he he does continue to impress and get minutes because he's a he's a good kid too he was telling us yeah, all about his you know bit, yeah yeah his draft day story and um he even <laughs> it was so funny he only was in phoenix for a couple months obviously but on the way out he thanked the sun's organization like wholeheartedly for just drafting him and giving him the chance to pursue right. his nba dream even though they you know dumped him a few months later so that was cool Right. Yeah, that it's it's always it's always funny when like somebody gets drafted and then there's never actually yeah. plays for them but they still like like thank yeah. them but but yeah, I mean it's it's <laughs> it's always it is it is always funny especially and especially like it seems like he would be he would have been the type of guy that you would expect a team like the Suns to draft because they I mean in the same way that like you look at what Denver has done with guys mm-hmm. they've drafted like Christian Brown and Peyton Watson and uh, Julian Strother who they just took this year like the teams that are like in the we have to contend for a title right now mode mm-hmm. where their roster is so like because of like especially with the new CBA with the you know the luxury tax and all this stuff I and mean, you're paying three guys as much as you're paying Beal, Durant and Booker right. <laughs> your choices are based and you've traded all your first round picks for you know mm-hmm. to get those guys you basically when you have a second round pick you have the opportunity to add a younger talent, like, because like, the guys that you're going to sign for, like, vet min deals and free agency, it's going to be guys like Drew Eubanks, who played here, and I think is going to be a solid backup center, but, like, those are the mm-hmm. types of guys you're going to sign. You're not going to be signing somebody who's going to be, like, a star with, right. you know, a vet min deal, just, like, as a, as a free agent, but when you have, you know, the opportunity to take a second-round pick, you can get a guy with some upside, but you also, like, those guys, you know, the teams like the Denver's and the Phoenixes and, you know, the Golden States or whatever are going to probably lean more towards guys like Kamara who are older college players who might be able mm-hmm. to step in and actually play rotation minutes on a team that's trying to win something as opposed to, here's a 19-year-old kid who's going to take three years <laughs> to develop into a player, but, you know, we have time because you don't have time to develop him. You have to, if you're mm-hmm. trying to win with, you know, a roster like Phoenix's, you have to nail every roster spot. And so Kamara actually would have been the type of guy that made sense for them to keep but i you know he had to be in the trade for money reasons yeah it was it was unfortunate but to your point it it does feel like he's a a guy that's ready to come in and play rotation minutes on an nba team right now um i think that would have been harder in phoenix but i I think in portland he's i think he'll he'll surprise some people i'm i'm excited to see that from him has have all three of the suns guys i haven't i haven't watched any preseason games besides portland but have mm-hmm. the Suns three guys played yet? 
in the same yeah, game? Yeah, so, so they played in the first game against Detroit, and in that game they shot, I think it was 85% in the first quarter. So they, they looked good in their okay. action together. And then they sat all three sat out the second one, and then for the third one, um, everybody but Beal was in on that. Yeah, where do you kind of have yeah. them in the West with like the Denver's and the Lakers and the like? How yeah. like what do you what do you think? You know, obviously, the ceiling is very high, but also all three yeah. of those guys have had injury issues, and the roster is so top heavy, and there's not a whole lot of depth. Like where like where do you kind of have them? I I have them at or near the top of the West. Honestly, I think the Nuggets are still probably gonna you know, they're going to churn out regular season wins. They're going to be the toughest out in the playoffs. I think they're, you know, they deserve to be in that pole position in the West right now, but I don't think the Suns are that far off. And I think their depth is going to surprise some people in terms of, you know, they, they don't have, maybe they don't have like a 10 or 11 man rotation, but in the playoffs, when it goes down to eight or so, I, I think Grayson Allen being your sixth man, is a luxury in terms of this was a guy that started 70 out of his 72 games for the bucks last year um i, I think yuda is going to surprise some people in terms of the shooting that he can provide and being solid defensively he and killed then the blazers I, last year when he was in brooklyn did he <laughs> he had like yeah. 18 points and he hit he hit like six threes I, I, yeah early like, early on in the season yeah and and he's gonna be wide open just because of who he's sharing the court with mm-hmm. like i'm i've I'd be shocked if he doesn't have a career year from three after, you know, having one last year in Brooklyn. Um, And then I think Eric Gordon getting him on a vet minimum deal was sneaky good. Like obviously last night he had the 20 points or whatever, but just in terms of having someone that can spread the floor five feet beyond, and then also doesn't mind a nice bully behold drive to the basket every now and then um, that's going to be unfair when he's sharing the court with the big three, because spacing wise, I don't know how you're supposed to cover everything, um, especially if Nurk is able to swing the ball where it needs to in the short roll situations, because you got to track one of those guys coming off the screen when Nurk sets it. So it's it's going to be interesting. And I, I do think the Suns have a legitimate shot to win it all this year. I wouldn't put them ahead of Denver or Boston or Milwaukee right now, but they're in that same tier for me. I, I think they've got a better shot at contending and matching some depth than than people are thinking right now is keon johnson gonna make the roster do you think i don't know i i feel like he hasn't been terrible in preseason he's had a couple of of decent drives um where he can just get downhill and kind of finish with a a floater in that mid-range paint area but i it's tough because they have to cut two guys Mm -hmm. maybe like ish wainwright has been dealing with a calf strain so he hasn't played in preseason yet and his contract is non-guaranteed, so he might be a candidate to get cut and maybe brought back on a two-way. Um, you know, you like Keon's probably one of the prime candidates. Damian Lee tore his meniscus, um, so there's no timetable for when he might be back. So that that really sucks for him, but he might be a guy that gets the axe just for that reason. Um, I do think if they, you know, Vogel has said this, and it's coach speak. He said every, he feels like everybody, all whatever 19 players they have in their gym are guys that can contribute to this team. So I think if they do cut Keon, they still have a third two-way spot available. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe if he's interested in that, they could do that. But um, we, we just really haven't seen or heard enough about Keon for me to say that like 
oh, he's safe. I, I think he's probably one of the two guys that'll that'll get cut. He's he's another guy kind of in the Nas category where just if he can ever stay healthy, he might be able right. to do something. Yeah. And he's just had a really rough run of luck with it over like he had a I think it was a wrist or a finger or something last year. He he missed a bunch mm-hmm. of time last year and then this year in his first summer league game, he dislocated his finger and he missed the whole rest of summer league, but he just he's another guy who just has not ever been able to stay healthy, so yeah, he, and, and he's he's brought the energy. Like yeah. defensively, he's you know hounding guys all over the place. He's doing whatever you could ask of him. It's just one of those things where the the talent ahead of him might might put him yeah. on the chopping block there. Yeah, well, I mean, hopefully, if they do cut him, I think you know it'd be good if he you know got to stick on stay on as a two way guy, maybe. Right, and that's why we're we're hoping this is the last year where the Suns don't have a G League team because. You know, there there are some guys that they brought in on these two ways or that they've brought in on 10 days even that would it would benefit them to see what they have, you know, playing in their system for a, a G League team nearby. But I uh, haven't had that for a few years. So is that that's is that going to happen? Not this season. I think the, the report that I saw was it's going to happen next season. Twenty four, twenty five. Is that kind of the sense you've getting you're getting yeah so we're we're waiting on word there should be an announcement on like g league plans coming up from the team here soon i think but um i would assume it's 24 25 is what they're aiming for when mm-hmm. i when i had first interviewed ishbia when he first got here um i had asked about the g league team and he had said you know it's definitely in the works they are going to have a g league team um and then there was that report i think last summer where you know it was us and uh, the, it was the Blazers and the Suns that were the, basically the last, the two. last two. Yeah, and they were planning on having that by the end of next season. So and the Blazers are about to launch theirs for this. Right, season. they did it in like six months too. Like they started does like thinking about it in April, and they were right. turning it around in time for this season. Oh wow, that's wild. quick. Like I think that's like the quickest turnaround. But it's very, and I've talked about this on here before. But it's it's like they had guys on two way deals last year. And they had to, like, send them down to, like, the Sacramento G League team. Or, like, Greg Brown, who was one of their, like, just, he wasn't on a two-way, but he was, like, an end-of-the-rotation guy. They sent him to the Ontario Clippers just because Chauncey and Ty Lue have a relationship. And they were like, yeah, we'll take care of him. And it was just, like, sending him to another team's G League team where he's not going to be a priority to develop them. Right. It's like It's it's just such a competitive disadvantage. It's such a competitive disadvantage for teams that don't have one. So it's good that in a couple of years, all, you know, all the teams are going to have them. So, uh, yeah, especially for a team like Phoenix now that is, you know, they, they have older guys, they have guys that need to contribute now. Like you don't want the development side of things to get lost in the process. Like you mentioned with their second round picks are going to have to make good use of those and, if those guys aren't ready right away, they need somewhere where they can actually get minutes instead of just kind of like practicing with the team. And that's the extent of it. So. Right. One more thing before I let you go, kind of a little bit more on the business side of things. How has the reception been to the broadcasting the games over the air stuff? It's been really positive. Like it's, it's been, you know, obviously there are some people that are still trying to figure out what channel it is and right. like how they can watch because there's so many, different ways to watch the NBA now, but um, it's been really positive. They had the free like antenna giveaway 
um, where people could go on the website and if they didn't have access to one of those old school <laughs> antennas, right. um, you know, you could get one that was shipped to you free of charge and you could just set that up in your living room and watch Suns games on the local channels. So that was really cool. Um, you know, we're, we're still, I think they're still trying to figure out what channel it's going to be on with like direct TV and stuff like that. Right. But people are going to be able to access Suns games. And, and I think the Suns have estimated that they'll be able to reach 3 million more households this way. Um, which is awesome. Like that's, that's always a good thing because especially here in Phoenix, like Phoenix, they have their diehard fans, but because there are so many people here from cold weather cities, they bring their sports fandom with them. It is, it's, I I hate the term fair weather. It can be in some respects out here, but like there's so many people transplants from cold cities that bring their fandoms with them. So, and you know, those, those people are raising their kids to be fans of that team. So you never know what, kid you're going to raise to be a fan of the local team if they just have access to being able to watch the game so that's going to be really cool out here and hopefully like this is a sun's town for sure nfl is king everywhere but this is a sun's town and when they are good like the suns are all anybody wants to talk about so that that, that'll be really cool And, and ishbia has lived up to his um you know everything he said in terms of making the whole game experience fan experience experience of being a player media member whatever better so that's been nice to see yeah that's something i think the blazers are going to look at when their current deal with Root right Sports is up i i don't know how much of this you've seen but there was some stuff the last week where mm-hmm. comcast without getting too in the weeds about it comcast moved root sports from the regular channel tier up to only the top channel tier so that obviously right. cut a lot of people who had cable and had the ability to watch blazer games out of being able to do it unless they wanted to pay i think it's like 20 bucks more a month to subscribe to the higher package and a lot of people are mad about it and i've been trying to explain to people that like yes it's really cool what the suns did but they were able to do it because valley sports and diamond is in bankruptcy and they literally could not pay their rights fees and so that's why they were able to get out of the deal but Right. I'm I'm glad that teams like the Suns, and I also really like what the Jazz are doing with their streaming packages offer. So I think that 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 kind of stuff is always stuff that I pay attention to. So it seems like it's going well. For me, which is good. 